0: What's up, friends? It's Talks with Trina, the podcast that is motivating a generation one conversation at a time. I am so glad you're listening. What's up, friends? It's your girl Trina, and I'm back for another episode. Um, if you saw the title of this episode, it's called Being Black in America. And I am pretty sure that at this point, if you are on social media or if you have a cell phone or a TV or any type of media outlet, um, you have just seen the outpouring of love, um, outrage in some cases, um, just uh, opinions about um, the recent... well three months ago in February the killing of Ahmad Arbery um, and he was killed in his neighborhood just running and two um, Caucasian men took it upon themselves to um, be the judge and jury um, in regards to his life and um, he was killed and I wanted to talk about this because this morning when I woke up the Lord was just convicting me to one, pray for our country, but then just to pray for all of the black men that I know in my life that I'm going to know that I'm going to give birth to one day. Um, and just kind of like cry out to him and, um, just pray over their protection and their, their guidance and their strength during a time when, you know, you don't, you wouldn't think that we would be having these conversations because we are in the year 2020. And, um, but sadly that is the reality. And this is, these are the conversations that have to be had and that need to be had, um, among people of color and among people that aren't, um, and among white people and among, um, just other minority groups, because clearly, um, just posting about it or just saying, oh yeah, I'm not racist, um, isn't quite enough. Um, so just creating a dialogue where people feel comfortable and open to share their realities and their truths about, um, experiencing racism or experiencing just prejudice because of the color of their skin or because their ethnicity or because of, um, the way that they choose to believe or anything of that sort. So I just wanted to just come and um, just talk um, and share, I guess, my perspective and um, just what I plan to be doing to make sure that um, in the future, you know, there aren't any more Trayvon Martins there aren't any more Ahmad Arbery's there aren't any more um Sandra Bland's there you know that we are not just talking about something but actually um creating a space for us to take action and for actually and so that we can actually take action and not just um talk about it because I feel like we have talked about it and talked about it and talked about it enough but there ultimately is still sin in the world and there ultimately are still people that believe that being black or being of a different race is a problem. And, um, that type of mentality is being passed down to their children, to their grandchildren, to their great grandchildren. Um, and that is why this cycle of, you know, I'm going to do what I want because of the color of my skin. Um, that mentality is still ringing true in our country. Uh, and I don't, and i am by no means an expert on race and diversity and i am by no means saying that i have all the answers because i don't but i do believe that me sharing just what the lord has placed on my heart about what to do next can can stir someone else and then like we we join forces and just start to create action so that People of color do feel like they have a voice. People of color do feel and believe that they are valid um, and that, um, that they are seen. Because I feel like at this point in time, um, people of color feel like they are becoming more and more invisible. And they're um, when they outcry or when they share their opinion on something, they are seen as being um, ungrateful or um, just wanting to cause a scene or um, just angry. And that shouldn't be the narrative. The narrative should be we live in a country where we are able to freely express our thoughts and freely express our opinions on injustices or laws or anything that we feel are being a detriment to to ourselves or to the people around us Um, and I believe that having a dialogue and even just coming to a table well during this pandemic not a literal table but just having conversations with people around you of what to do next I feel like that is going to be the catalyst for change and i know that in the past like people have sat at tables and they have talked and they have you know tried to have dialogues but it. but i feel like anger and frustration and just guilt and whatever else kind of creeps in and then the conversation becomes something that it was never meant to be so yeah i just my my heart is heavy um, specifically for African-American men. And just knowing that, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, like that could have been my dad. That could have been my little brother. That could have been my boyfriend. That could have been um, friends that I have. Um, and it's not like this happened at night. It's not like this um I feel like that was the justification in the Trayvon Martin case. Oh, it was night. I didn't know that that this was happening and whatever else was a part of that narrative. But this was in broad daylight in the middle of the day. And Ahmad Arbery probably woke up thinking, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go take a run, going to do what I get that done and do it all, whatever else I have to do for the day, not knowing that that would be his his last day on earth. And just knowing that that could be the reality for so many men in my life that I love and that I care about, that is, it's scary. And that is the reality that a lot of black men have to live in. Um And I don't want to say, oh, that's just because where they live. No, like this could happen anywhere <laughs> in America at, at this point. And I don't believe that people just sitting back and especially us as believers, just sitting back and saying like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this was just one separate instance. This was just one case. Like, no, 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 no. This has been happening all over America for years. And the fact that, you know, more laws have not been put in place or, um, even the two men that did this have not been apprehended or, or, you know sentence to anything like that that just says a lot about where we are as a country and that says a lot about where we are in our mentality like we may say oh yeah we are a progressive nation and we are progressive people and we you know we believe in the equality of of everyone but our actions are far from it and um my passion and my hope is that we we create a different narrative and we create a space where people of all ethnicities um, of all backgrounds know that they have equal opportunity and equal space to just live (laughs) in this country and not fear for their life when they go to the store or when they go out for a run or when they are just hanging out with their friends or whatever the case may be. And I don't think Change is going to come until we we honestly realize where we are as a nation and where we are as a people, Um, because I think America does a good job of of having this idea of where they are without paying attention to the reality of where they are as a country and where we are as a country. Um, So, yeah, that that has been my prayer today and every day that one that black men know that they are valued and that they that their presence matters not only in this world, but in homes, in in marriages, in churches, in in workplaces. Like your presence matters, and I think that because certain people and people and because just America knows the the value that black men. Place in in the home and just in society in general because they know the value that they place they they try to continue to weaken and devalue their position um, and by causing them to think that no you really don't have a place we really can do whatever we want to do to you and if you try to fight back we're just going to ultimately kill you because of the white privilege that we have, or because of the privilege that we have, that's just what we're going to do because, you know, what are you going to do? Nothing. Um, So I just feel like if you, if you are a believer, um, your heart should be broken and your, your mentality and your perspective should change Um, after just hearing the story if you watch the video um, just anything relating to Ahmaud Arbery your heart should break Um, and you should realize that not all lives are being valued and if you when people are posting about valuing black men or valuing black lives if you um, immediately, immediately, something stirs in you that says, "Oh well, no, all lives matter." Then, like you are part of the problem because, yes, all lives do matter. But at this point in time, African American people, specifically men, are being just gunned down for for honestly nothing, <laughs> for just being who they are. And if something in you is like, "Oh well, this," this may have happened or if you're trying to like justify it, like I be- I believe that you like, you need to check your heart because when you automatically are trying to justify the loss of a life, like you are a part of the problem. Um, and whether you are a Christian, whether you, you know, are not a Christian, like skin color it ha- matters and it has purpose. Like, the Lord didn't create us all the same color for a reason. Um, he wanted to display beauty and diversity and, and just, um, his, his handiwork when he made us all different races. So when you say, oh yeah, color shouldn't matter. When you say that you are discounting who that person is, um, because their color is a part of them. Like they can't wake up and take that color off. Like that is, that is a part of who they are. So when you say you don't see that, you say you don't see them. And I feel like that's what people are doing now. They, they try to justify, These shootings, they try to justify these killings by saying, "Oh, well, color shouldn't matter." Well, if you say color doesn't matter, you're saying that people that look like me, that are African American, we don't matter because that is who, that's a part of who I am. Um, so I, I'm hoping over just like the next few days and over the coming weeks to just be able to have conversations with um a different group like a different one of my friends and just get their perspective on what it's like to be black in America and their um, specific journey and their specific story because each of us has a story each of us has, has come in contact with some form of racism or prejudice or whatever that may look like so I feel like it would be so important to to have conversations with people um, of color and just hear their perspective because every person's story matters. Um, Ahmad. Arbery's story mattered before he died, but I feel like it matters now um, on a greater capacity because he's no longer with us. So his story needs to be told and um, just the lives of so many other African-American people that that lost their life just for being who they are. <laughs> um, that that sadly is, is just the narrative of and just the repeated cycle and the repeated story of so many people in our country. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, and I, my challenge to people that are Christians and that say that they are followers of Jesus, Jesus cared about the marginalized. Jesus cared about the minorities. Jesus cared about the oppressed, the people that felt like they were voiceless. Those are the people that, that he had, conversations with. Those are the people that he sat at tables with and, and communed with. So I believe that's what we should be doing as believers um, and putting our pride or our um, our com- our comfort on the shelf for a minute and being like, okay, I'm going to speak about this. And if you don't know something, ask. I feel like that's that's the best way to create a dialogue. Like I'm not going to get offended if, if one of my white friends has a question because that means that they care enough to have a question. And that means that they want to know what they can do to be um, a support and to be an ally to me as their their African-American sister. So um, don't be afraid to have that dialogue with someone that you know that is a minority and say, okay, what can I be doing in this moment to help to help um, you feel seen and heard in, in during this time. Um, and if you don't have that compassion and that conviction, then you are, you are ultimately indulging in your white privilege and realizing like, oh, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. I've never had to, to deal with that. So I'm just going to, you know, Post something, say something really nice, and then step back out of the picture. Um, no, like, be don't be afraid to be a voice. Don't be afraid to have a conversation with someone, and don't be afraid to be wrong. Because I feel like being asking a question and being wrong is better than being comfortable and being okay in your privilege and not reaching out and and helping and supporting people that don't look like you. Um, and again, like I said, like I I'm hoping over the next week or so to just have conversations with people that um, that have different perspectives and have different stories as far as what it looks like to being black in America. Um, and and my challenge to you is to if you are kind of just having a nonchalant attitude to first ask for forgiveness um, and just pray that you you develop a heart like the Savior and the The father cares about every life. Um, And he's not just, you know, separating. Oh, well, I only care about white people's lives or I only care about African-American people's lives or I only care about um, Asian people's lives. No, he cares about everyone. So, so you should too. Um, But I just, my prayer is that hopefully, you know, you just, We as a nation, we as believers just start to really figure out and understand that this problem has been a problem for a long time and we can't just continue to sit back and say, okay, well, it's going to, it's going to fix itself. Like it's going to adjust itself. Some, yeah, it's going to happen. No, like it's time for us to start standing for truth and standing for justice and being able to to sacrifice our reputation or how we may be perceived for the truth and for for justice for people like Ahmad Arbery and people that look like Ahmaud Arbery and not waiting for someone else to do it um but believing that the Lord is going to equip you with what to say and how to say it in a way that is both gracious and kind and um is loving um so I mean I feel like there there's more to be said and hope, and in the coming weeks, um, like I said, like, I, I hope that this conversation continues and we don't just forget about, um, Ahmaud Arbery's life or, um, anyone else's life that has been lost, but continue to keep this mentality of wanting justice at the forefront so that, you know, we don't have to hear about another person, um, that's lost their life to to just honestly racism and just injustice um so i hope that you guys enjoy this episode um don't forget to follow talks with trina um on instagram and facebook and um feel free to comment and share and just again like Stand for truth and stand for justice, um, because when you do those things, um, you are reflecting the heart of the Savior. So um, thank you guys. I love you and see you on the next episode.